This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Roughness. roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole. First down. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown Raiders. Would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are, Raider Nation, back in the home studios after a couple days away. Monday, we're at the Oyo. Tuesday, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. But back in the home studios, myself, DeMond Cotton, behind the wheels of steel, making everything go. For the next two hours, you are going to get your fill of Raiders, and you're also going to get your fill of the Washington football team. I mentioned on Tuesday's show that we're going to officially turn the page from the win over the Cowboys on Thanksgiving and solely look straight ahead towards the Washington football team, the next team up on the schedule for the Silver and Black. And please believe we're doing that in a major way today. Matter of fact, we are going almost Washington football team on steroids today. And I probably shouldn't say on steroids to a guy like DeMond Cotton who's sitting here swole. I mean, I don't know. Steroids like a bad word word in your world because, you know, you're the muscle, muscle guy. You're the bodybuilder dude. No, nah, you know, it's steroids. They got a bad rap, you know. Yeah, they get a bad rap, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I was never a guy accused of being on steroids, obviously. You know, <laughs> sometimes it is weird when people at the gym is like, yeah, man, you want to get on some gear? And like they call it gear now. Oh, and I okay. Was like, and I, at first I was just like, what's he mean? Like some straps or something? Like, you know, like some lifting straps? Some, and no, I don't know. No, no, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I mean, you know. I clearly stayed away from the gym. Everything's good in moderation, I guess. I mean, hey, you know, how will you know if you never try? There you but go. I've never tried. I heard that. Well, <laughs> you're doing a good job of what you do uh, in the gym, and you're doing a good job here inside the inside the home studios here at Radio Nation Radio 920. But yeah, we're going to go full throttle Washington football team uh, today in a major way. Coming up on the show at 2.30, we're going to take a look behind the scenes when it goes to the Washington football team and the investigation that's going on. And we're going to talk to somebody who's directly involved with it. One of the young ladies who was brave enough and courageous enough to go ahead and put her name on the allegations that were going on with Washington, which led to the investigation of Washington, which ultimately at some point led to the investigation and the issues that rolled out with John Gruden because of uh, some stupid emails that he wrote. You know, his, his bad mistakes came up. His skeletons in the closet came up because of the report and the, uh, the, the investigation that was going on with the Washington football team. So Megan Imbert, former member of the Washington football team, former employee there, she'll join us at 2.30, uh, tell a little bit of her story. Also talk about the fact that all the people that are involved in that investigation still want the report to be released to the point where she's got the hashtag going, uh, release the report. Uh, she's got hoodies and T-shirts, and uh, involved, and you can get them in, in different colors. You know, every team in the league can get them because everyone wants to know about the report, right? And I'm sure that it's personal to some folks in the, uh, with the silver and black. I mentioned it yesterday that, you know, I, I think that this game should be a little bit more personal just because everything that rolled out, and, you know, you could take it that way or you don't have to take it that way, but uh, I, I think that, there's certain members of the of the Raiders, and I'm sure there's uh, certain parts of the fan base that think the same way. Like, you know what? Yeah, this game should be a little bit more personal coming up on Sunday against the Washington football team. So Megan Embert's going to join us at 2.30. Then at 3 o'clock, Ben Standig from The Athletic, he's going to join us to actually give us a preview of the Washington football team. The game itself, uh, they're on a three-game winning streak right now. They have a really good defense, and they have a quarterback in Tyler Heineke that's got a little something-something to him, man. I mean, I don't really know exactly how to describe this quarterback. He's not a guy that was, you know, well thought out. 
coming out of college and he wasn't a high draft pick and he wasn't, you know, the glitz and glamour. He wasn't that guy, but he's getting it done. He's really getting it done right now in, in Washington with the football team. And it feels to me like the team has been rallying around him for a few weeks now. And they're really, they're really cooking. And you saw that on full display Monday night football against the Seattle Seahawks. That's at three o'clock. Ben Standig from the athletic. And then to close things out, as far as our guests go at three 30, we'll have Gary Myers. He's the co-author of RG three's book that he's going to be putting out surviving Washington. So as I mentioned, Full throttle, everything you need to know about Washington. When DeMond walked into the building today, he came in and said, hey, man, we're going to know everything we need to know about Washington by the end of the show today. So, so that is absolutely right. That was probably the best statement that you could have made today, just given the circumstance. I mean, we will know everything we need to know from the backstories in Washington to the football team that's headed to Allegiant Stadium to the book that's going to be coming out next year. I mean, we're going to know everything you need to know about the Washington football team. Yeah, this is one of those days where you don't want to miss it. If you want to know something about the Washington football team, you want to know investigation. You want to know about how good is Taylor Heineke really? Mm-hmm. This is the show. Right, exactly. So, I mean, you, you'll know everything you need to know about the football team in, uh, in, in, in advance of Sunday's game and then even more. <laughs> I mean, it's just as simple as that. Even more you're going to learn about this team. So, uh, in the meantime, in between time, of course, we're going to want to hear from you, Raider Nation. Uh, the listener line, the Raider Nation listener line is 702-365-9200. The Salmon Ash Tech line is 69187 keyword R&R and you know that's always wide open like some old school TV antennas even when we have guests on you could always text in and as I'm looking at the text line it seems like we got like five or six texts already and we're about five minutes into the show so we definitely appreciate all the feedback and the Sam and Ash text line is so convenient I mean you can hit us up at any time you don't have to worry about waiting on hold any of that just hit us up 69187 keyword R&R again Sam and Ash text line uh, got a topic that I wanted to bring to the table for today's show as I like to do every single day. And you can respond to this topic or you can bring something to the table of your own as well. I mean, that's how we get down here. We're equal opportunity employment. You know what I mean? <laughs> Any, anything that you want to say is good. Uh, we're, not, we're not stopping you and limiting you and saying you can only talk about this. But I do like to, I like to bring a topic to the table to kind of get the wheels turning. That's just, that's just part of the show that I really like. There's some radio hosts that aren't big fans of guests. You know, I, I, uh, I talk to guys all the time in the industry and they're like, ah, I don't like having, uh, I don't like having listeners call in. I don't like uh, texts coming in. I love it. I think it's great. I think it's it's important. And, and again, uh, we're here for you. You know, Raider Nation Radio 920 is here for Raider Nation. So uh, hearing from you is what we want to do. So the topic that I have today, the question that I want to throw out there to you, now that we are here officially in December, it's December 1st, man. We're staring 2022 square in the face. That's unbelievable that it's already December 1st. But here we are. So it's the last month of the season. I know that there's the first week of January with the 18th week. I get that. But the last month of the season is when you got to cook. That's when you've got to be playing your best football as you want to be doing everything you can to make a, a postseason push. And I'm not saying that the Raiders are going to make a postseason push. I'm not saying that at all. They got to go out there and earn that. But to earn that, they're going to need their alpha dogs. And I, I say that in air quote because that's what I'm always talking about. Who are your alpha dogs? Where are your alpha dogs? When do your alpha dogs step up? So I want to ask you, who do you expect? Who are you looking at? to be this team's alpha dogs in the last month of the season? Who do you think that this team should kind of ride their, their coattails, ride their lead to where they need to go? Again, I'm not guaranteeing that they're going to make it to the postseason, but if you're going to make it to the postseason, you've got to go stones to the wall. You've got to go out there and play your best ball, and this is when you need your alpha dogs to step up. So who are you looking to, to be those alpha dogs that give you that representation, give the team the representation 
to try to get them to that next level. They win as many games as possible and let the chips fall where they may. That's all they could do. That's what they're in control of. I say it all the time. You're in control of three things. Your effort, your attitude, and your availability. These alpha dogs have the effort. They're expected to have the right attitude. And they're also expected to be available. So 702-365-9200, Raider Nation listener line, Salmon Ash text line 69187. Keyword is R&R. A couple little uh, notes that I'll do real quick, a couple of house key cleaning notes. Uh, we know Trent Sieg, the long snapper, he is uh, in the COVID-19 protocol uh, to be able to be cleared for the game on Sunday. He has to receive two negative COVID-19 tests within a, and have 24 hours in between those. Well, the Raiders went outside long, long snapper Carson Tinker today. Now, I'm not saying that that means that Sieg is out, but it kind of lets you know where they are right now. And it looks like that Sieg may be out. But this is the guy that they went to get because on the depth chart that came out yesterday, there was no long snapper behind Trent Sieg. It, just, it still had him listed as the guy, even though he was in COVID-19 protocol. So Carson Tinker has now been signed by the Raiders. A uh, little note on him. He was originally signed with the Jaguars as an undrafted free agent in 2013. Six foot, 237 pounds, long snapper has made stops with the Jaguars from 2013 to 19, the Giants in 2020, and Tampa Bay in 2021. Played in 77 games throughout his career. So uh, there you go. Uh, Carson Tinker is now on the active roster, the 53 man roster for the Raiders as the long snapper, and we'll see what happens throughout the rest of the week with Trent Sieg. And we'll get to. Uh, we'll get to the injury report that came out just a little while ago. We'll get that in just a little bit. But I know that we have some very patient callers already hitting us up on the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200. Damon, who do we got up first? Raider Thaddeus from the 502. Hey, Raider Thaddeus, what's on your mind? Welcome to the show. Hey, welcome. Uh, thanks for having me, man. My bad. Uh, <laughs> All good. I guess we're cleared for takeoff for the rest of the show. Thanks for the setup. Um, I'm getting ready to watch my Louisville Cardinals take on Michigan State. But as far as the Raiders... I like the topic that you introduced. I'm going to start with this, though. Uh, everything that's happened in Derek Carr's career, uh, his legacy as our quarterback comes down to these last six games, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, we've always asked about, like, what would it look like if we got a defense that finished in the top 15? Right now, we're, I think we're sixth uh, in yards allowed a game, second in pass, passing, rushing, pass, pass, uh, passing, rushing, uh, according to uh, PFF, uh, Crosby leads the league in QB hurries. Unique's probably going to finish with double-digit sacks. Uh, Solomon Thomas looks like he's resurrected his career. All these kind of variables are clicking, so it's on car. So that kind of answers uh, the question that you asked. Obviously, he's the quarterback, but uh, and he leads the league in passing right now. But if he can make this push and, let's say, win four out of the next six games, and gets in the playoffs, not only do, does he get a big monkey off his back, but he also possibly could make a uh, stake for Devontae Adams to have reason to jump off Green Bay and join them and take us to that even next level of competing for Super Bowls. That's where my mind is. Uh, as far as defense, um, I just think that it's more of the same. I've been really proud of our guys, not really in the rushing uh, defense. Obviously, we got to step that up. But uh, I'm looking for guys like, uh, I guess the bear, I'm the, the guy that I kind of really want to see just keep making strides is really, um, Deshaun Jackson. If we can rely on him to stretch the field, it opens up the offense. And, uh, that's all I got guys. Thanks for taking my call. Hey, great call, my man. Way to start us off. I definitely appreciate you. Raider Thaddeus right there in the five Oh two, uh, hitting us up here on Raider nation radio nine. 20. We definitely appreciate you. Got a couple text messages. Got a lot of text messages. Already love it, man. A lot of great responses to the topic. 69187. Who's those alpha dogs? Man, you're in December. 
It ain't what you do in September and October. It's what you do in November and December. We're in December. It's December 1st. Who's the alpha dogs that you're looking for? On my podcast, I called out Crosby and Ngakwe. And I'm not calling them out like they're underperforming, but I called those two dudes out, and I said this straight up. Raiders are going to ride those guys as far as they can. And Gakwe's got eight sacks. Crosby's got five. And the one thing I did say that was somewhat critical of Max Crosby, he ain't had a sack since week six. He got two week one against Baltimore, and he got three week six against Denver. Ain't got to the quarterback, and I know that there's reasons for that. I know that he gets held every time. I get it. But Ngakwe ain't no slouch. He's getting held, too. He's fighting through battles. I know that they're leading the, the, the league in pressures, and pressures are great. We've had this conversation on the show. Yeah, pressures are great. Sacks are better. You know, it's kind of like when you donate money, people say, yeah, this, the kind that jingles is great. We like the kind of folds. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean, that's what it is. Pressures are dollar bills. Sacks are tens. You know what I mean? Like, you want to get the tens. You want to get those. So those are the two guys I'm looking at. When they started the season, Ngakwe said we could be the best two pass rushers in the league. And I do believe that they can. And I know that they've done a great job. Ngakwe's coming on strong. He's had six sacks in the last five games. He's cooking with grease. Crosby, I need to see him get home a little bit more. I want to see him get home a little bit more. So, again, not calling him out because he's had a hell of a season. Really, he's played a hell of a season. Just like to see him get home a little bit more. A text real quick. Salmon Ash text line 69187, keyword R&R. Q, the alpha dogs I'm looking at is the big uglies up front. It's time to legally kick grown man's asses. I had to get I had to get my no, lesser haze on. No, no, I couldn't uh, help myself. I, I got in one. character real quick. I started squinting. I started squinting my computer screen because I was like, okay, oh, I see what he's putting down. Because once I see the word asses, I'm like, all right, what's somebody going with this? Right. And I was like, oh, okay, I yeah, got you. Absolutely. And I'm not mad at that at all. And, and you're right. If you can sit there and say, hey, it's December, we got to find a way to run the ball consistently. Got games in Kansas City. Got games in Cleveland. You know, those are cold weather games. Got to be able to run the rock. It's very important at the end of the season. If those big uglies, like you mentioned up front, can start legally, and I say legally in a major way, can't have penalties, because you're not always going to get 14 on the other side like you got 14 on your side. You're not always going to get that. That was a a one-off type situation. If you're out there legally kicking men's asses, you're going to win a lot of games. I love that text. Thank you so much for that. 702-365-9200. 702-365-9200. That is the, the Raider Nation listener line. DeMond, who do we got up next? Passionate Raider. Here he comes. Passionate Raider. Give it to us. Yo, what's happening, boys? How's the day going, man? Uh, we're blessed. Man, Alpha Dogs. Alpha Dogs this week has to be that man wearing number four and that man wearing number 24. 24 okay. Does his, 24 does his job better, Q. Look how many games we might have not lost this year. 24 has to, has to get in that position to get that. I mean, there was probably, what, eight plays last week that he got burned on? Yeah, yeah, he was out there, yeah. Man, man, if that man can get to doing that spot, we know he's best at the line. We know he's best at coming and tackling. But, But he can't do that all this year. He has to get back there, man. He has to be that alpha dog on that back end if we're going to go further. And four has to be that alpha dog on the center. I really didn't like the way all the joking and laughing he was doing in the press conference today. I don't think that's the week for all that. I would have liked to see him be a little bit more, just a little bit more grimy, man. I want a grimy quarterback, man. I don't want no 
no people pleaser, man. I want a grimy dude. <laughs> I want someone who's going to go out there and step on necks in the black hole because we're tired of it. So come on, man. And number four, Alpha Dog this week. That got me fired up, and that's why that's how I felt when he was talking to you in that meeting. If I had a dog, still would have been like, "Let's go, do <laughs> some soft, Derek. Let's go." <laughs> there he goes, passionate Raider, right there. Think he got us on speakerphone, but that's okay. We'll deal with that. That's cool. Appreciate the call, my man. Uh, let's see, got another text that I wanted to get in. Eight three one Raider on Sam and Ash text line. Uh, I expect the main captains to rise up and push every single player and staff. To get that energy going, we need every game as a W. Let's get it. And that's uh, from 831 Raider. Uh, I like that. And how about one more Sir Whiskey Ray said, Q, this is simple. Our alpha dogs that's going to rep us here the rest of the season are Derek Carr. He's our offensive gunslinger and will drive us to many points. Kicker Carlson, who, by the way, is AFC uh, Special Teams Player of the Week. Believe it or not, we'll need all field goal opportunities and it's so important to not leave any points out there on the field. And Max Crosby, our motor and machine on the defensive side of the ball. His energy and pressures attacking the quarterback are priceless. That's from Sir Whiskey Ray. And I don't disagree. Those are three great options right there. I would like to not have to put Daniel Carlson in that situation. Him being special teams player of the week for the AFC is good. But the reason he got that is because he kicked five field goals. You know what I mean? Like, that's, that's, the, that's the downfall when you have a guy that's successful. The good thing is he's hitting the field goals. That's great. I love that. He's not leaving any points out there. He put, picked up 18 points on, on Thursday against the Cowboys, and obviously the Raiders needed every one of them. But you don't want to have to kick five field goals. You want to convert more of those into the touchdowns. This is exactly what you were talking about with pressures and sacks. Field goals are good, but touchdowns will be a lot better. Exactly. Exactly, man. You, you get it. You get it. It's really that simple. Yeah. Field goals are great. Points are good. But touchdowns are better. That's what you've got to have. And some of those penalties, we talked about those earlier. Penalties take you from a position of possibly scoring that touchdown to having to kick a field goal. And I know they say it on the morning tailgate all the time. Don't leave. Don't don't have a possession that's minus four. Minus four possession is a field goal, not a touchdown. The Raiders have got to, especially in December, find ways to have more celebrations in the end zone. They've got to have a party in the end zone more than they're having a party 30 yards out, 40 yards out. Now, look, when he goes in there and kicks a 56-yarder like he did against Dallas, hey, man, hats off to him because those aren't gimme points. I would say anything, I'll even say 40 and beyond, that's okay. That's not a gimme, even though guys are routinely kicking 40, 45-yarders all the time now. But, you know, those, any, all those short field goals, those 33-yarders, those, you know, those shouldn't happen, man. You got to get in the end zone. Just got to get into the end zone. So uh, let's take one more call, man. 702-365-9200. Just kidding. 702-365-9200. That is the Rare Nation listener line. But uh, I do have a couple more texts that I'll get to uh, real quick. Uh, how about Raider J from Sacramento? Damn, Q. The Washington football team going to learn today. Yep, that's right. Going to learn today. We uh, <laughs> we lined you up, man. I'm telling you, I'm, t- I'm attacking the Washington football team from every angle. We're going to learn everything we can about this team today. Uh, how about this text? What up, Q? I'm sure there's no hard feelings between the two, but I think it's going to be fun seeing Carr go up against Jack Del Rio. I think that'll be kind of cool. I mean, I, I, you know, it is it is what it is. No, but sometimes it's good to see, like, you know, old coach, old coordinator, especially that off because he's the defensive coordinator. Let's see what he thinks about Derek Carr, really. 
Right. I think that that'll show like how good of a quarterback he thinks Derek Carr is by the way they play him. I think he knows that that DC is a good quarterback. I mean, he was you know he was with them long enough and 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 got him to the playoffs, even though Derek wasn't able to play in the playoffs. But uh, he got him there, so he 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 knows what Derek could do. And so I, I think it'll probably be more fun. It'll be more of a chess match for Derek to go up against Jack Del Rio, who's now the defensive coordinator there in Washington. I think that will be the real interesting part because again, it is a chess match. Del Rio knows what. Derek Carr does really well. Derek Carr has a good idea what Jack Del Rio wants to do, but if you remember when Del Rio was the head football coach of the Raiders, he wasn't really, in my opinion, implementing his defense. He was kind of letting the different defensive coordinators that he had do his job or do their job. So uh, it should be interesting to see how Del Rio tries to attack Carr and tries to make him uh, less effective. The one thing I'll tell you, and I know we'll have a preview on the Washington football team, if you score 30 points against Washington, you're, you're winning that game. And I know that sounds like, well, yeah, Q, you score 30 against anyone, you're going to win. Washington, offensively, is not going to put up those points. They're just not going to do it, in my opinion. And the, and the three-game winning streak that they're on right now, they give up, what, 21, 19, and 17 points? Something like that? That's hardly anything. They are, their defense is really stingy. So if the Raiders' offense could get cooking and Carr could get aggressive and be that alpha dog that was mentioned on our text line, if, if he could be that alpha dog and play like he did on Thursday against the, the Cowboys – then we could be talking about something. Then also we can come in on Monday and talk about a two-game winning streak because he's being aggressive. He's getting the ball downfield. You know, he's taking advantage of, of good opportunities. And, 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 and Washington, they have some injuries. Like I said, we'll learn all about them, the football team, what they'll be bringing to Allegiant Stadium. We'll learn that at 3 o'clock when we talk to Ben Standick from The Athletic, who does a great job of covering the football team. We'll take one more call before we take a break. 702-365-9200. DeMond, one more time for 09. Who's up next? Oklahoma Raider. Oklahoma Raider. How you doing, my man? Welcome to the show. Good, Q. How are you, brother? Chilling, man. Chilling. I just wanted to say, man, um, this is my first time calling in. Huge fan of New everything, uh, your entire story, uh, following you since you uh, landed in Vegas. Appreciate um, it. But I just wanted to say uh, something, you know, uh, like Carr leads the league in yards. Mm-hmm. We don't have a problem getting the ball down the field. All I'm saying is that package with Mariota if we utilize it with them in the 20, 20 yard line uh, and forward, literally, we could run double tight, uh, do a play action. We could do a little tight ends, whatever, man. Right. There's so many options in that that they can't cover all of them. We have so you got wall, you can run Waller on the backside with against the free safety. You can do Renfro underneath, like have him against a, a linebacker. Good luck covering him. You know, we have so many weapons, but we want Carr to somehow. He hasn't been able to do it, and that's fine. If we can get down the field, then hand it over to Mariota, put the ball in the end zone, guys. Like, that's defense is there, but we just got to score more touchdowns. Right. Agreed. Agreed. Thank you for the call, Oklahoma Raider. I definitely appreciate you. Welcome to the show, and, and, and don't let that be your last call, man. That was a really good call. I'll say this, and I like the Mariota package. I like having the, the option to go to the Mariota package. I kind of talked about this on the show yesterday. I don't know how – or when to really implement that Mariota package. Because at times, Carr is cooking, and you don't want to mess up the rhythm, but then you want to bring in that extra element in Mariota. I think one of the things that they need to start doing with that package, especially this last month, man, I mean, I don't give a damn what you got. Whatever you got in your bag, throw it out. What are you holding on to it for? The offseason? Hey, we'll work on this in February. We'll work on this in March. No! Whatever you got in your bag, this this Mariota package, this playbook that they're talking about that they've teased us with so many times, throw it out there. What are we waiting for now? 
Because to be honest, it looks like it's just the read option. It looks like it's just the read option, and every time he's going to come into the game, every swinging D in the stadium knows he's going to run the rock. Let him throw it. Let him throw it. Just like Oklahoma Raiders said, there's so many different things you could do if you let him throw it once in a while. Then that's in the other team's defense's mind. Oh, wait. This guy's not just going to go in there and run it every time. He might actually throw it. And if he does, we have to play it straight up and honest. Yeah, I just had to go check the stats to make sure I was right about this. Didn't want to be wrong. Has not attempted a pass all season. No. Exactly. He attempted a pass since week 15 last season. And that's when he came in for Carr. That was the last time he threw a pass, if I'm correct. I think I am. I would love to see him do that just to keep the, uh, the defense honest. It's like in basketball. If you don't shoot, shoot three-pointers, guess what? I'm not going to defend you at the three-point line. I'm going to say, oh, that dude can't shoot those. I'm going to go ahead and sag inside. I'm going to help out on this. You've got to keep me honest. Make me be honest. Make me play you straight up. That's what you've got to do at some point if you're the silver and black. You've got to let him, like I said, let him do a little something-something. I don't know, you know, about every time they get to the 20, bringing them in. I mean, that's almost disrespectful to Derek Carr. But, I mean, sprinkle it in there. Like E-40 says, sprinkle me, man. You know what I mean? Hey, we're taking, we're going all over today. I'm glad you added that. You know what I mean? Because I don't know what you mean. Well, well, do your homework, <laughs> homeboy. Do your homework. I'm sprinkling it all today. I woke up. You know how I always say that, that 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 you're looking for someone with a little something in their neck. I woke up today with a little something in my neck. I'll just tell you that oh, right God. now. I woke up with an attitude. I don't know why, <laughs> but I woke up with a little something, something, a little edge to myself this morning. I don't know. Have any idea? I even told the wife when she left the house. I was like. I don't know what's up with me today, but I, I got something going on. I got some kind of edge. You had to like me. passionate radar, like he on one car being like, was you just like? I don't know. You better get that bad look on your face, but knock it off type of move. I'll tell up? you. I'll tell you a story. Well, not a story. I'll tell you a quick fact about me that you might not know. All the people that listen to me in Central Texas know this. Whenever I wear a red polo, that, that's that's one of those days. Like even the wife when she left today, she goes, "Oh, it's a red polo day." It is. That's a that's a that's a fact. That that is that is. Like once a week, I have that I have that mo- moment where I have the little red polo day. Like mm-hmm. I've got to go and basically show my ass today. You know what I mean? I got to show a little something, something today. I don't know what it is. Doc. I don't was know. it Tiger Woods or did you? Or well, did that's you? where you get it from. Yeah. But I don't know. It's just. But gotta, this is like this is your Sunday. This is your no, you're going no, in for the it, kill? no. It's, it's it's so funny. Even my coworkers back at ESPN Central Texas used to see me come in with the red polo, and they're like, "Oh damn!" Like he's in one of those moods. It is. It's always. Like, sometimes I'll get into an argument with someone, and then the next day I'll be wearing a red polo, and they're like, oh, yeah, Q's pissed. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, what color is the, what color is the mic cover here? It's red. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's something about it. I so got the red shoes on today. You're the, you're the little definition. Oh, he's seeing red. Yes. Yes. <laughs> that's, a, that's a fact about your boy. I just want you to know that. Everyone doesn't know that. But now you do. Didn't I know this before today? Thank you. Exactly. Well, you know, you, you don't tell everybody everything about yourself the first, you know, six months. You got to you gotta ease. You, may, you might not be able to handle it all at the same time. Plus, I had to get the job first. Because, and I, and I, I'm not, I'll, I'll be honest. I'll say it. I think what you just said is ridiculous. That's fine. <laughs> but you'll learn. You'll learn the more you see me. You'll learn. Like, if you ever come in, if I ever call you and be like, Damon, I need to talk to you real quick. And then you walk in the office and you see me in a red polo. No, it's not a good conversation coming. Maybe I should just ask beforehand then. <laughs> What color shirt you wearing today? Oh, it's blue. All right, I'll be here. <laughs> 227 is the time. When we come back, Megan Embert, former Washington football team employee. She's part of the investigation that was going on. She's part of the, the crew that wants the report released. We'll talk to her. We'll get her backstory. We'll get the story of everything going on in Washington and the fact that, well, the biggest thing that happened in the whole thing was 
John Gruden's no longer on the sideline for the silver and black. It's 227. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. And welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. DeMond Cotton behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q here. Very excited about our next guest as we're taking a deep dive and looking at all kind of different angles of the Washington football team. And, of course, we know about the the incidences that happened. We knew about the culture that was going on in Washington. We know what happens with, uh, with investigations, and we know how emails can pop up and what happens when that happens. But we wanted to talk to someone that, is, that was in the inside, that was, that was there, that was on the front line, that, that was a part of everything going on, not by any fault of her own, but the fact that she was an employee there and it happened to her. And so uh, somebody that was courageous enough to put her name on uh, the investigation that was going on is Megan Imbert, again, former Washington football team uh, employee. And Megan, thank you so much for your time. Uh, I know it can't be easy to talk about these kind of things because, well, it's just a lot of bad and a lot of bad culture going on. But uh, you were one of the, the, the ones that came out and were cor- courageous enough to put your name on it. Why was it so important for you to make sure that you you were known, you know, your, your, your face and your name was known and, and your story was being told by you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me on. I think it's really important to um, not just the D.C. area with the Washington football team, but as we know, the Raiders have now been impacted. And, and really, I look at this as a league-wide issue. So if we, if we rewind a little bit to 2020 when the Washington Post first did their original story, my former boss, Larry Michael, was cited with allegations against him. And when that happened, I was like, wow, this is all going to become public. And I decided at that point I would come forward anonymously. And then it was a few days later I learned of my television department producing explicit videos of the cheerleaders while I had worked there, and I didn't know about it. When I learned of that, being that that's a crime as well, I without a doubt knew I needed to put my name on this. So from my perspective, in order to have credibility and really get attention to it, you have to be brave. You need to put your name to things like this. Um, So... It was my hope in coming forward. And then fast forward 17 months, we've seen the NFL really cover up the findings of this investigation. They say that they're holding Dan Snyder accountable with a $10 million charitable fine, even though he was able to get 100% ownership of the team while the investigation was still ongoing. So at this point, you know, the momentum has built. We have Congress's attention. Our hope is that we will get transparency and then we will see accountability. No, no doubt about it, Megan. And I do, like I said, I do appreciate you coming on and sharing your story because it is very important. And you, you said it, you know, the $10 million fine to Daniel Snyder, to people like me and Damon and, and others listening, that's a big deal because it's $10 million. But to Daniel Snyder, that's not a big deal. That's like a slap on the wrist. So how much was it almost? Well, a, also, go ahead. Also, that's to the team, right? It wasn't to Dan Snyder. Right. And it's also a charitable donation. So that's something the team would have done anyway. Right. Deductible. Exactly. So that's, again, basically nothing. So how much was that almost a, a slap in the face to, to people like you who are putting your name on this and want the transparency and want the report released? How, how, how much is that a slap in the face to you that really nothing has happened? Yeah, it's been a big slap in the face. I think that was a pinnacle moment where we saw when, first of all, when the NFL allowed Dan Snyder to get 100% ownership of the team while the investigation was going on. And for him to be able to name his wife as co-owner of the team, I thought that was incredibly irresponsible. And then to take it a step further, a few weeks ago when we had a few of us go up to the offices in New York when they had their owner's meeting, and we heard Roger Goodell literally state he's not going to release any of the findings because 
um, they're trying to protect us. When we know that's false, they're not protecting us, they're protecting themselves. Deflategate resulted in a 243-page report, and we have over 120 people participating, and it's resulted in a zero-page report. So it's really just, it, 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 it makes us feel less value than, um, you know, a game ball, really. Right. A- absolutely. And that's, that's a great way to put it right there. And I remember when you guys did go up to the owners' meeting, and us here on Raider Nation Radio 920, of course, we're paying attention to it because Mark Davis was there, and he was asked about releasing the report and would he like to see it. And he's stated the whole time, I would love to see the report. I would love it to be released because we know the, the aftermath from our point of view, which, you look, John Gruden, you know, he had to resign for reasons on his own. He, he messed up. His skeletons came out of the closet. They were revealed. But it, to me, it's, it's like it's only him and a fine. You know what I mean? And so, I mean, in that, right. how, do you, how, how does that make sense? You know, uh, it's hard to even talk about it, but how does that even make sense? Well, it's, it's absolutely ridiculous for any of us to think that out of 650,000 emails that Gruden would have been the collateral damage. And also, the league had said that those emails were unrelated to the investigation. And I have to argue that Bruce Allen at the time, as president of that team, if there's emails exchanged that are potentially racist, misogynistic, homophobic, might include cheerleader photos, how is that not indicative of the culture? So we've just seen a bunch of, in my opinion, just lies across the board to try to um, distract and deflect what's really going on. And and I still believe Dan Snyder was behind the leaks. Um, it just we know that there's legal issue between him and Bruce Allen, and we know that you know it's just never forget that Gruden's brother also was head coach of the Washington Football Team, right? right. So you know, just kind of interesting when you really start to think about it. Right. You know, and, and we've all talked about it and kind of speculated on who we think, you know, is behind the leaks. But clearly somebody was. I mean, that's what we know. Right. Somebody was behind it. And it does feel like uh, and it, it basically is that the NFL has really uh, covered this up and said, hey, there's nothing to look at here when there ultimately was. And, and Megan, you, you mentioned the culture of the, the, the organization. How bad was that culture going on there? I mean, we, we've heard about the you know, what could potentially be in the report because we haven't seen it, though. We don't know. We don't know the facts. Yeah, I would say probably one of the most toxic workplaces, you know, that I would ever think exists in this in this era, really. I mean, Dan Sanders has ownership of that team for the past 20 years, and it really permeated from the top. His executive staff, all of those folks um, can, you know, they really made the culture what it was. Everything from, you know, telling women what to wear, making comments about their bodies, It could be inappropriate touching. Every day we went there, it was just kind of like we knew walking through that office, like it wouldn't just be one person saying something to us. It was just what it was. We just had to like go go and do our job, and it was just what it was. Um, And then on top of that, you have um, – it's been a little frustrating because they keep saying, you know, we changed out the the team, the the leadership's changed Mm -hmm. with like Jason Wright and those folks. Right. Um, But at the end of the day – the leadership really stems from the top. I mean, the use of private investigators and those kinds of things all happen under, you know, the time that Jason Wright's even been within that organization. So, in my opinion, um, the Snyders definitely should not be owning this, this franchise. Talking right now with former Washington football team employee Megan Imbert here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And, you know, one of the things about it, and I was uh, working in Central Texas when Baylor had their big scandal, and uh, they had a big report and an investigation, and it came out, well, there's nothing written. 
And to me, it didn't make any sense then because lawyers get paid to write these things down. They get paid by the hour. And in this investigation, they're saying, well, there's, it's an oral report. There's nothing written. Why, are, why is that? <laughs> well, I don't believe that. I think Seth Wilkinson is, she has a great reputation as an attorney. And I, you know, the lawyers representing us as well. I mean, they do this all the time. They know how to read, redact names. They know how to protect anonymity where it makes sense. So I just, Obviously, they didn't want a paper trail, but that doesn't mean I don't think Beth Wilkinson has a report and has findings. When you interview 120 people, and any of those could be anywhere from 30 minutes to five hours in length, you're telling me there aren't any notes? You know, how was Roger Goodell and his team getting updated? Like, there have to be notes. There has to be something that could be pulled together. So I I don't buy it. Right. No, I don't think anyone's buying it. I didn't buy it when they said that for Baylor. I'm not buying it when they say that uh, in this situation when it comes to the Washington football team. And I I just, I mean, I guess, I don't know, what would be your biggest reason do you think that the NFL and Roger Goodell and company are going out of their way to protect Daniel Snyder? Well, sadly, I think, you know, Roger Goodell is in a position to protect owners. And at this point, I'm sure, you know, we've heard the conversations around people potentially living in glass houses and stuff like that. But and I also want to be very clear. I'm a football fan. I was an NFL fan. I'm not calling for cancel culture. I'm right. calling for the culture to evolve. So if these owners, and some of these owners also, I think, have a greater responsibility because they might own other teams in different leagues, they have a really great responsibility to help influence the cultures of these other sports teams as well and throughout the league. So especially as the NFL preaches that they're about diversity, equity, and inclusion, you're seeing more female coaches, et cetera, Mm -hmm. they need to evolve and make sure the proper protocols and everything are in place. And frankly, if mistakes have been made, it's time for people to own those, and then you grow from them and you move on. But what's happening right now is really like trying to sweep this under the the rug. But the issue is like none of us are going to be quiet. This now has the attention of Congress. We're hoping that it, you know, it really has bipartisan support that there'll be a hearing, and then we can get people hopefully subpoenaed um, to really get the releasing of the findings. And then separately, I'm curious about the trial. Hopefully, there's a trial with with Gruden. Maybe there's a way he could also subpoena Beth Wilkinson's findings. Yeah, no, that would be interesting. When it, it said that he was a, uh, you know, suing the NFL, uh, we thought that that was, you know, a, a good idea to to find out what's going on, you know, because again, we just want as many answers. And I'm sure that you involved in everything and have your name on it, you want all the answers, you know. I mean, you you and, and deserve them, you know. You deserve to find out about, you know, everything that was going on and, and everything that they found throughout their investigation. So, in your opinion, what is it gonna, or maybe you know this for a fact, what is what what is it going to take to get it to trial? What is it going to take? to, you know, get those, get those findings released? So from my perspective, where we're involved, um, we have been in touch with members of Congress from the Oversight Committee. They've been very interested in this. Um, and so from that perspective, it's really up to them to set a hearing date. And hopefully, you know, usually toward the end of the year might not be the best time, but maybe the beginning of next year we'll see that come to light. I'm really hopeful for that. We're willing to support in any way possible. We're willing to testify. So um, from our perspective, we're doing everything that we can to educate. But then on the other side of the house, you know, what we're doing on a fan level, like the Monday night football game was the NFL's inspired change game in D.C. where me and Melanie Coburn, we went, we wore our release, the report shirts, Mm -hmm. educating fans, getting more, you know, getting that momentum, getting that drumbeat, you know, 
We also wrote letters to sponsors. We've heard nothing from the major sponsors. It just shows how powerful this this league is and the ties it has. So I'm really hopeful that um, you know people start to stand up and say this is wrong. We need to have transparency in order to really have accountability if we're actually going to claim that we're progressing and moving forward. Everyone deserves to work in a workplace that's free from bullying and harassment. And so if this is what my legacy, you know, I never, never thought 10 years removed from the organization, this is what, you know, my day-to-day would look like. But if it's going to cultivate positive change, then it's a no-brainer. Right. Absolutely. I think transparency, you hit it right on the head. That's what everyone is asking for. and That's what everyone deserves. We're talking right now with Megan Embert, a former Washington football team employee. My man, Demond Cotton, here in the studio with me, uh, has a question for you. Yes, Megan. Um, your ally in this released a report movement, um, Emily Applegate, she's talked to RG3 and she said that, you know, she still thinks highly of them. She still thinks highly after their conversation. So it seems that they're on good terms there. But with his book coming out, Surviving Washington, do you think that if he does have something that would support what the backings of this report, do you think he should release it now and not wait until his book is released next year? So, so I know Emily worked with him, and I know their conversation actually happened, um, you know, this afternoon, literally probably moments before I even got on this podcast. So I can't speak to um, what their conversation was. I do hope that um, if he does have information that would be helpful for us, that maybe there's a way of him being an ally to us because, as you know, one tweet from RG3 gets a lot more exposure than, you know, a former employee of the team. So I'm I'm hopeful we'll see more former players or coaches, et cetera, start to have a voice in this matter as well. And I can't, you know, I have no idea what his experience was. And everyone's, um, everyone's story should be told, right? So mm-hmm. um, I'm very curious. I'd love to see a draft copy. I don't want to say how I feel about it either way, but certainly my hope is that he's going to hopefully join us and, and push for transparency. Right, and in his tweet that he put out when he was talking about it, he said he's not talking about you know the young ladies involved in the sexual harassments. He's talking about his own experience with sexual harassment, so that's even taking it uh, you know to another level as well. And in, you know, I mean, it's just it's so much involved. I feel like there's so many layers to this story, and like you said before, transparency <laughs> is what you really are asking for. You're asking for, again, hashtag release the report. And, and it's that simple. You want to clear yeah. things up? Release the report. Also, I will say this, too, and I know um, from his perspective, and I can also speak for myself, a lot of people would be like, well, why didn't you come forward sooner or something mm-hmm. like that? Well, from my perspective, you know, Time's Up Legal Defense Fund wasn't around a few years ago. It, was, it just was created around the time of, like, the Harvey Weinstein situation. So we're actually being supported by this organization. So we're getting pro bono legal support. There would have been no way, first of all, most of our self-esteem and self-worth was shot. There's no way any of us would have, you know, brought this to light on our own um, years ago. So it's also even, you know, I don't really want to speak for RG3, but I don't know what his experiences were. And I think as a community, as a society, we always need to pay attention to the fact that People should be able to share their stories on their own terms. So, mm-hmm. you know, I know there's, a, I'm speaking for hundreds of people when they're not comfortable coming forward or there are NDAs or they're scared. And also, if there was any trauma, people just want, want to know more. And I would just caution everyone to be patient, give people the benefit of the doubt, let them share their story, but don't, don't rush to judgment. And I do understand that, yes, if he witnessed something and he's able to speak on it, I hope that he does. 
Um, but again, Emily had that relationship. I haven't chatted with her. We were texting before I joined the podcast, but you know, I want to, I'd like to learn about his story. I didn't know him when I, when he was there. So I had left previously. Um, Talking right now with Megan Inbert, yeah. former Washington football team uh, employee here on Raider Nation Radio 920. And uh, you mentioned before the hashtag release the report. You have the T-shirts. You have the hoodies. <laughs> uh, you know, you've gone out on, on Monday Night Football and you've, you've done the awareness. We got a text message. This is the great support that I love about this station here. We got a text message from Just Win Wendy, and she said, hey, please find out if there's a way to get a release the report T-shirt in black. Tell her lots of people in Raider Nation support her efforts, especially women like me. And that's from Just Win Wendy. So I know there's other colors that it's available in. So how, how do how does Raider Nation, how do some <laughs> of the listeners, how do they get a hold of them? Yeah, it's a great question. And we had no idea that our little graph, grassroots effort would um, kind of explode. And then realizing the Raider game was coming up, I'm like, I would love Mark Davis to wear one of these shirts. <laughs> um, right. So we have, we have the logo. And I know there's some other fans that have started to create sites right now. The ones we have are in Burgundy and Gold. And we're doing like a separate fundraiser for the Women's Law Center. However, I'm happy to share the logo. If people work with like custom ink, there's some t-shirt companies that can do it. Um, but we never, we never planned for this. And this just happened the other day, right? So um, I'm happy to share the logo with you all if you want to share it out. Um, and I'm not a graphic designer, so I'm sure somebody, <laughs> it's just a really simple hashtag that you could get on a shirt. Um, but we definitely appreciate the support. And I hope I, I hope I see, you know, all of our social for that game. I didn't think my, my, my tweet would go kind of viral last night when I suggested it. Right. It did. It did. It caught my attention. It caught a lot of uh, folks' attention. I, and I think it's great. I think it is great. And it would be awesome, wouldn't it, to see uh, Mark Davis rocking that on, on Sunday against the Washington football team. Uh, I, I really do. So uh, if you want, you know, share that uh, share that graphic with me on, on, on Twitter. Uh, you know, you can send me a direct message or whatever like that, and, and I'll get it to the proper Absolutely. people and see if we can make that happen. Yeah, absolutely. It shouldn't be too hard to like get that in white on a nice black shirt or something. Um, I certainly would appreciate it. And I know it means a lot to those of us that are speaking on record because sometimes there's moments where this feels kind of lonely. And when this is happening and we're seeing fans, especially Raider Nation after everything happened with Gruden, really being supportive, it means a lot. And I'm hoping that it gets the attention of more than just the NFL community, but really this is about workplace safety as well. So um, you know, everybody, everybody has a job. If, um, you know, people have sisters, wives, like nieces, we don't want them working in these types of environments. And also I want to clarify men also experience this, yep. this toxic environment. So I want to make sure I'm very clear there. Yeah, no doubt. You're, you're spot on with that. And, and uh, we definitely appreciate, you know, your time this afternoon. I know this is not an easy subject to talk about. It's not even an easy subject to ask questions about because, you know, you want to be super sensitive yeah. to the to the subject. But uh, we do appreciate you sharing your story. Raider Nation has got your back. I'm telling you, everyone listening to this show, listening to this interview, we all have your back. Hashtag release the report. Everyone would love it. And uh, like I said, if you share that uh, that graphic with me, I'll make sure that the proper people get it. Will do. Thank you so much for, for the extra exposure to the issue. I know these are uncomfortable topics, but I can't think of one that's more important right now. Right. So I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you so much, Megan. We got your back, and uh, hopefully we, uh, we get to see some of that report sooner rather than later. Awesome. Thank you so much.
All right, appreciate you. There she goes, Megan Imbert, former Washington football team employee. You can find her on Twitter, at Megan Imbert. That's I-M-B-E-R-T. So if you want to hit her up as well and let her know that you're supporting her or you want that uh, that graphic yourself, maybe you want to make your T-shirt, uh, you can do that. Again, at Megan, I-M-B-E-R-T on Twitter. 2.50 is the time. We went a little bit long in that segment, but uh, what we'll do is we'll take a quick break. We'll come back, get to some text messages. Got plenty of them on the Salmon Ash text line, and then we'll close out hour number one and get into hour number two. This is Raider Nation Radio 920. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. I'm going to have to kick you, you know what, today. Here's your boy Q. Just got a couple minutes left in hour number one. Very uh, good interview with Megan Imbert, former Washington football team employee. Uh, and when I say very good in- interview, I mean very informative interview. Uh, definitely appreciated having her on in the last segment to talk about everything that was going on with the Washington football team. Coming up at 3 o'clock, the top of the hour, Ben Standig from The Athletic. He'll join us to talk all things, the actual football team on the field, what the Raiders should expect on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Uh, did want to get to a couple quick text messages before we take a break. Uh, this one's from Fargo Raider. Q and Demon, Fargo Raider here. The owners also did not receive the letter that these brave ladies wrote to them and took with them to New York for the owners' meeting. Uh, hashtag release the report. Uh, Sir Whiskey Ray hit us up. Q, wow, great interview with the young lady. It's so important that her voice is heard as well as others that were associated with the Washington football team front office. So many questions, and I hope answers are addressed from that whole mess surrounding the Washington organization. It's so disturbing. This is the beginning of many more things to come out. It's all about accountability. Wishing the best. Cheers, Sir Whiskey Ray. Uh, I definitely agree with that 100%. Here's a really good one from you, uh, from Geese Mode. Uh, no, Damon, you don't know about 40 water? Man, I won't hold it against you since he's a big Niner fan anyway. Uh, that's, that's part of the text. Then the rest of it is the Alpha Dogs this week. He was talking about you not knowing about Sprinkle Me, man. You know, he said 40. And then I 40 was, water, E40. I'm going to need you to get your Bay Area slang up, man. Look, yeah, if you're going to be on the show with a, if you're gonna be on the show with a Bay Area cat, you got to get your Bay Area slang up. Do my thizzle dance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? That's exactly what I'm yabba talking goo, about. Yabba goo, goo. Ah, see, I'm going to need you to see yourself out. <laughs> Just win Wendy somewhere shaking her head like, come on, next time I see him at the Rockstar, I'm going to have to tell him something about himself. Now I'm just going to start wiping my face. You should. <laughs> Angrily. No, it's, 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 you got to get the sweat off your face, you know? <laughs> you got to have a Thiz face going. A Thiz face is like, <laughs> that look like, you look like Popeye right there. Like you had either tobacco or some spinach in your, in your face, man. What are you doing? I'm going to have to learn you, man. I thought by now you would have picked up on some Bay Area tendencies. Apparently not. Anyway, go on. let me go back to Geese Mode's text. Let me finish it off so we close off the hour. Uh, he talked about the Alpha Dogs this week that are about to go dumb. <laughs> Our number one car, the ship goes as he goes. Number two, Mad Max. Washington football team has to account for him all day. Three, Perryman. Leads the league in solo tackles, and he'll be critical against the run. Four, D-Jax. He's getting in the groove and needs to take the top off the D like last week. Those are my four. Two on offense, two on defense. Raider Nation, go hyphy. Yeah, did I mean? That's from Geese Mode. He said he's out. And uh yeah, I mean those are all really good ones, man. They are. Real quick, I had to go look at his I had to go look at the text. He ain't say all that. He no, did. But he, he did. I, I, I was gonna say he ain't say all that. He said all that and then some. He said all that. Djax, Perriman, Mad Max, Carr, all really good ones. You know, not only this week, and I'm talking not only this week, but the whole month of December, who's the alpha dogs you need to see? Really step their game up. This is when you need your leaders and your alpha dogs to be those guys is when you get to December. Who is it that you want to see? 702-365-9200. That's the Red Nation listener line. Don't hit us up yet because we have a guest coming up next, but you can hit us on the Salmon Ash text line. 
69187, keyword RNR. This is Radio Nation Radio 920.